this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we wrap up our adventure in Acts with shipwreck, events on Malta, Paul arrives in Rome, and Paul preaches the gospel in Rome, and then we dive back into Genesis with genealogy of Seth. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or on your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your judgment. 
your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joy you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading for the Feast of All Saints is from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 7. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Jesus' words will make you question reality. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What's Jesus going to say next? You will rise from the dead? They go against the world. Yes, he will. Poor in spirit will rise, for they are the saints of the eternal kingdom. May Jesus' words make you question reality. What do I know about what is real? I know oxygen is needed for me to breathe, a headache hurts, 
There are two genders. I know a woman sorrows over the loss of her child. Jesus' words will often sound strange because it always introduces the eternal perspective, always. And these Beatitudes are all introducing the eternal perspective. And we will receive it. And it'll feel unfamiliar. An unfamiliar paradigm, if you will. His true description on what is real will always change the meaning of what you see. So that the Hebrew writer says, faith is being sure of what is hoped for and certain of what we do not see. Jesus' words will make you question reality. They should. Because of the eternal perspective on All Saints Day, that which involves the very will of God, that which inspires Paul to write, I consider our present, suf present suffering not worth what the glory will be as is revealed to us and in us. And that's exactly because it is real and it will not change. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It is true that you who mourn, you who are poor in spirit, yours is the kingdom. And yet you are very easily fooled with reasonable human wisdom that tries to comfort and satisfy and bring you peace. And you know by experience it doesn't, but you try again over and over. Blessed are the comfortable, for they will breeze through life with the wind at their back. Who will argue against sitting under a palm tree with a cocktail? Blessed are the fortunate, for they shall live life to the full, and they'll be able to check out all the categories on their bucket list. Jesus says, this isn't what satisfies you, and you know it. Jesus speaks of eternal perspective and tells you our problem is about not driving our stakes, because we drive our stakes into our personal happiness way too deep. So Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's the beggar spirit. You're a beggar. Jesus says this is real, as real as a headache hurts and a woman sorrows for the death of her child. In other words, don't pass off this thing as hyperbole. Jesus is challenging our worldly pursuits of happiness and fulfillment with a reality that takes you somewhere else and it's often and most often a place you don't want to go. The one who considers he is rich in spirit, the one who considers himself happy in his own skin is a fool and he's actually living in illusion, a compromised illusion at that. We are not talking about happy. Blessed are the happy. If you're happy, I'm glad you're happy. You should be happy. Listen to what the King Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 7, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this, God has made the one time as well as the other so that mortals cannot predict their future. See, this alone should make you poor in spirit. We all know there's trouble ahead. We all know that the reality is we're dying. You should always be ready for sorrow. A fool clings to happiness as if 
It'll never go away, and when it goes away, that's when he loses hope. Poor in spirit. It equals personal helplessness and a need to die to these severely compromised and false human perspectives that aren't even reality. As a pastor, you will see the poor in spirit. They will come to you. You'll have the answer for them. The blessed one whose baby stopped moving in her womb, and she sits in your study as a beggar, acutely aware she did not have the means by which to save her baby even within her womb. And that goes against every aspect of what a mother thinks in regards to what she wants to do with her child, and she is poor in spirit. She's begging for an answer that makes sense, eternal sense, aware of the reality of her helplessness. She's not looking for happiness can't get more vulnerable or out of control than that, and you will comfort that one poor in spirit with true reality, the eternal one, the reality of the cross of Christ and how it affects her cross that she carries. And being poor in spirit, her faith will grasp the one most blessed promise of God. The world's promotion of happiness is nowhere now. It can't help. Its remedies are ridiculous. They're not even real. But in that helplessness, the reality of the Christ is more clear to her than it's ever been. In real terms. Because when our happiness is nowhere to be found, we realize the plight of our human existence. And Jesus is saying to you, you have a very compromised, sin-filled life. So so sure of your spiritual poverty, you, you become sure that only the work of God, the only work of God can work. And you'll see it in its eternal value. And dying to the world becomes so much more easily understood. For blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You tell her, this is how being baptized into Christ plays itself out because you've been baptized into the one most poor in spirit of all who hangs on a cross. The greatest spiritual poverty is there as he cries out as to why God would forsake him. Now he's the beggar. How the beggar became the Christ's status. My fellow beggar is Jesus, and he alone atones for the whole sins of the world and takes care of the baby in a womb. Remember her. The poor in spirit beggar next to Jesus. He's probably the greatest example. Notice the subject matter is the kingdom of God. Somehow it was about the kingdom of God. And he turns in his beggar status. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Today you will be with me in paradise is the response. Oh, how Jesus' words cause you to question human ideas of reality when we find Christ is the most impoverished of all of us. And because of this, I begin to understand my spiritual impoverishment 
is most blessed because of it. His impoverishment is such that he is forsaken by his father so that I will not be forsaken by my father. And it makes me see clearly how beautiful it is that I must die with Jesus. And it's safe. And then I begin to desire it. I actually begin to desire. And I don't see that when I'm happy. That I must die with Christ, die to this world, even die to the temporary God-given blessings of this world in order to be among the saints that march into the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we're going to do. So come now to the altar and receive the Christ, the one who died for you and is risen for you, and the reality that you and I will rise from our graves and enter that kingdom. It is real, and nobody can take it away. Amen. Rejoicing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the saints of every generation who have been led to eternal life by Christ our Lord, let us call on the Lord for ourselves, for the church throughout the world, and for all people. For all the faithful, that encouraged by Christ's victory given to the saints, we may constantly receive our Lord's gifts, faithfully confess him, and joyfully serve one another in love, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have for the church throughout the world, especially those who suffer for the name of Christ, that they may have joy and hope in their eternal white robes purchased by the blood of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have for our civil rulers, that they may act wisely and for the protection of those who cannot protect themselves and for all our citizens, that we may obey our earthly leaders in all godly endeavors, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and injured, that confident of the complete healing of all Christ's saints at the resurrection, their faith would be strengthened as they await healing now according to the Lord's good pleasure, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, and for us all as we rejoice in the faithful confession of those who have gone before us and are at peace, that Christ's defeat of death by his sacrificial death and resurrection may bring true and lasting comfort and the hope of a joyful reunion at the heavenly feast. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have heavenly Father, as we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, set our minds on things above rejoicing in our citizenship in the heavenly Jerusalem. Open our lips that our mouths may confess the salvation for all won by your only begotten Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit are one God now and forever.
be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. In the communion of all your saints gathered into the one body of your Son, you have surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses that we, encouraged by their faith and strengthened by their fellowship, may run with perseverance the race that is set before us and together with them receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Therefore, with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Go in peace. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.